You're listening to Downtown Hockey with Nick and Sean. It's the podcast where we talk seriously about millionaires playing a children's game. Well, welcome to another week of Downtown Hockey. Um, we, we're in the second round and we're actually doing well in the second round? Yeah. Yeah, we've, we're... I... So, let's... Okay. If a year ago, we're sitting here in my uh, apartment, I guess it would have been a different apartment uh, at that time. Yeah, it would have been. And I appeared in front of us. And it's like... Just appeared? Like, just like... Oh, yeah. I'm gone. just... It's, it's okay. me. It's like, guys, okay, just... this is me from the future. This is me from one year later. I've got some good news and bad news for you. The bad news, just to get that out of the way, is uh, Trump actually uh, became president. Yeah, that, that actually happened. He's uh, saying that nuclear war actually might be a possibility. Uh, his first 100 days have been a joke and full of all sorts of horrible things. The good news is the Oilers are in the second round of the playoffs, and they've won the first two games against the Ducks, and now they're going back home for the next two. Man, you are lucky that this is a year you're going back and not into like the 1800s, because we totally would have shot you. No, because I'm a fucking witch. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you got to... ah! (laughs) Where'd you come from? (laughs) So, yes. (laughs) So, that whole big workaround was... (laughs) I don't think... Like, even the most positive person out there would have thought that we would have made it not only to the second round, but then won our first two games in the second round. Like, this is beyond anything we could have thought of. And, oh. like, at this point, I mean, I, like, I'm just so happy that I, I I don't have anything to complain about. I mean, there's plenty of things we could, but... Oh, I have some things I could complain oh, about. Oh, I, I know, but we don't have 15 <laughs> minutes to waste on refing this time. I what are you exa- talking about? We exactly have, where you want to we're, go. In, we're two minutes into this thing. <laughs> uh, so, before we get too farther, too much farther, uh, just remember, uh, follow us uh, at Downtown Hockey. Like us at our Facebook page, which also coincidentally is called Downtown Hockey. Um, follow us both on our Twitter ourselves, uh, at uh, Sean Malachny, at uh, Livid Growth, Nick Donald. And, uh, yeah. Text us, fire us questions, whatever you want. Uh, let us know how to make this better. Also, happy first anniversary. Yeah. Hope, yeah, we, 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 we forgot. We, we, we missed that. That's a star bad. We're, we're, we're fantastic at this. Yeah, we've been doing this for over a year now. Yeah. So what's your what's your favorite thing of this this now that we're on this topic of, you know, years? What's what's your favorite thing that we've done this year? Well, I mean, it. I think it's pretty obvious. Jason Greger being on was was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was a little bit of a surreal uh, thing. I know he's not a like a celebrity, um, and he's a pretty pretty easy guy to get in contact with. I mean, I literally have to walk three blocks every Wednesday to to see him <laughs> if I really wanted to. He he has his oh well, at, his at, show uh, go yeah. around right on, so, on, on the rocks there. Right um, so yeah, I mean. It's not like he's hard to track down, but the fact that he uh, he came here, sat down with yep. us at your table, um, and and talked, uh, it, it was pretty neat. Oh, it was fantastic! Um, it was just, uh, just what a quality guy he is. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's that's got to be one of the top ones. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's as far as the the podcast goes, that to me. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say the exact same yeah. thing. So it's it's, it's kind of a no brainer. Uh, we've we've had one highlight. <laughs> One highlight. Yeah, we definitely, uh, we were just talking before this podcast started, we want to, uh, we want to make this uh, something a little bit more uh, popular. We want, you know, we've got our 
very selective viewership right now, which we are quite uh, happy for. And for thank those you. who do listen, thank you for you, you thank seven you. people out there. Yeah, thank no, we you. appreciate. <laughs> but we do want to uh, make this something, yeah, with more widespread, and we want to bring more people like Jason Greger on and talk to more people. So, if there's anybody that you out there want to hear from and think that you would love to, us to try to get on, again, let us know. Yep, definitely. Um, so. Yeah. Let's talk about the most insignificant thing first that has no... Let's just forget about playoffs for a second. Let's talk draft lottery. <laughs> okay. Um, so while the draft lottery was happening, yep. I was at the gym mm-hmm. um, running. Literally, that, that during that entire section, I was running. Okay. Um, so I, I didn't see it. Yeah. But I did see what happened afterwards. I, for I sure. saw the after effect. Yeah, and, um, uh, and I was... Uh, I, I think I laughed for five minutes oh, straight. It's, I, I've got a couple of tweets, actually, I think I need to pull up here. But uh, first off, uh, yeah, I was at home myself uh, cooking. Uh, I was watching the the Rangers-Ottawa game and just had the channel on. And then look over, right, I see the draft lottery started. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I might as well. <laughs> <laughs> but how nice is it to seriously just... Not give a single fuck. Yeah, yeah. I it was it was really nice. I couldn't even remember when it was. I was just thinking. I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, isn't that coming up?" And I looked, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's two weeks away." Okay, that's nice. Um, and the fact that as far as the draft goes, there's not even a consensus number one, and both of the guys that that could be, um, and I think there's a third person in there that could be as well. Although I think that's more of a distant third. Yeah. Um. They're not even in the realm of, like, an Eichel. No, so, it's, it's such a... <laughs> like, I'm looking at the Yakupov draft as the last, like, comparable to this one, that there's... So, uh, so yeah, it was... Um, it was funny to see. It's, um... Yeah, it's hmm. just... It's yeah, like, let's just take a look. So, let's just start with, you know, the obvious that Vancouver, once again, fell down to fifth. Yes. Out of the top three and... So, you know, you get lovely tweets such as this lovely lady who, uh, hashtag Oilers, fuck you, because you suck so much for so long, sucky teams can't get the picks they need. Fuck you. Fuck, period, you, period. Wow. So yeah. those are just some of the uh, tweets so, that have come out of uh, Canucks Nage, or the Canucks Army. So, Sorry. what's funny about that, I'm gonna just go right at that one. It's because of people like that, that the draft is like it is. Yeah. Because of people bitching about the Oilers losing and getting so many first overall picks they had to change the format mm-hmm. so that that didn't happen so that it's there's a whole bunch of just like parody and you have no idea what's happening yeah and the real irony of that is if they kept the rules the same the others wouldn't have had Connor mcdavid nope they wouldn't have had neil yakupov nope and yeah it's it, it changes everything mm-hmm. so um now it is really funny the fact that new jersey who was not in the the bottom three yeah. is now picking first. Which that one, that one, I'm happy about. Happy for Hall. Yeah, he that's, gets to that's, play that's, with another one. Did you see who, what Hall? Hall <laughs> yes, <out> yes. <laughs> Hall is awesome. He he. You know what? His sense of humor is off the charts yeah. with that one. I mean, he's yeah. For those who uh, didn't see it, I will pull up the exact. Uh, but while I'm pulling that up, uh, just yeah, let me t- tell me your thoughts on uh, so uh, Dallas and Philly as the yeah, other two teams. Well, Philly, I mean, they they obviously jumped up the most, yeah. um, going from 13th all the way to second. Mm-hmm. Uh, massive, massive jump, um, which makes it even better, um, just because 
haha. Yeah, really fast to interrupt. So yeah, Taylor Hall tweeted out right after the lottery, uh, officially adding NHL lottery ball specialist to my hockey resume. <laughs> Which he should, because damn, is he lucky. <laughs> um, and then Dallas moving up um, into third, just I think uh, five caps. spots or something, or but yeah, and it just capped it off. Just, uh, just the fact that Avalanche now is oh. picking fourth. It's <laughs> so bad like, at losing; they can't even lose right. <laughs> They, they need to take uh, some notes on what the Oilers did. That's all I got to say yeah. on that. Um, and, and then you have Vancouver and, and then Vegas sixth. So it, it really did just push everyone down. And uh, this essentially is exactly what the NHL wanted to happen. Uh, when they when they made this lottery the way it, they did, they wanted that much parity yeah. to make it so teams will not lose like Avalanche loss. Mm-hmm. Because even with the Oilers losing over the years... This oh. avalanche loss. This was, is a whole new kind of stuff. Yeah, holy shit, they were bad. So, um, and I don't see them being. I mean, I don't see them being any worse because I don't think that's feasibly possible. But I don't know how much. I mean, how much, I don't know how much better they're going to be next year, especially like. Yeah, like I said, it's not a very deep draft. So this fourth overall pick probably isn't playing. Probably isn't going to be a big difference maker uh, this year. So. So yeah, it'll it it'll be interesting. With yeah, them. Now, uh, really fast with yes. a sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Go. Nope. I was gonna say really fast. Uh, New Jersey. Yes, they're gonna be an interesting team to watch this offseason because they could very quickly become a good team. Are they gonna trade Taylor Hall for a defensive defenseman? Well, two things. One, they need a defensive defenseman. Uh, but you look. So you're gonna have New Jersey, who's gonna take either uh, Hershey, Hershey, Hershey's kisses, whatever you want to call him, uh, or Nolan Patrick. Yes. Either way, they're getting a, a high-skilled center. Yes. So, you've got that combined with, you know, Pavel Zaka, who's a very young player and uh, should be coming along. You've got Taylor Hall. You've got Ray Shero now saying that they are going to be reaching out to uh, Kovalchuk because he doesn't want to come back. And yep. this may even help their case more. So, that is combined with Adam Henrik and... I'm sure there's somebody else on New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they've got some offensive options now. Yes. Their defense, not so much. Yeah, uh, Green is not getting younger. Yeah, um, I, I mean, the Sever- they they do have Severson. Yeah, who's, um, he's who's, a good top four option. He is not a top. He is in the same position, I think, as Petrie was a few years ago back at Edmonton. Yeah, so somebody you want to keep. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get rid of for a second round nope, pick. But he's playing higher than he should be right now. Yep. because they just don't have anybody else. And literally, like, that is it. Yeah. Like, that is... Uh, I can't even name another defenseman they have. So... Well, they've got an all-star goltender in Corey Schneider. Yep. So, and I don't even know what the free agency options look like right now. You know, do they make a push for Shattenkirk? Do they... Well, at least Shattenkirk does want to stay in the East. So, I mean, there is that. Yeah. And um, uh, after this playoff performance by him, he should be pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, um, so actually, you know what? Let's uh, let's leave that. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey's done. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about them until the draft. Washington. This is a team. So, so yes, they're choking. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Go. Thank you for the sound effects. Um, what the hell do they do? Like, like realistically, like when you look at their team. Oh. Like they they have not only offensive players, like just galore. Yeah. But they also have defensive players as well. Yeah. They have a defensive coach. They have one of the best goalies in the league. What do you do? Like, what the hell do you do? Because they've tried to go all offense with another coach. Yeah. That didn't work. 
So then they brought in a defensive coach, brought in some defensive players. That didn't work. I mean, we're talking about a President's Trophy, you know, like in the last, you know, President's Trophy last year. This year, I think, what's finished second in the league. Yep. Like, they are a great team, and, you know, but, yeah, it's, it is it is bizarre, because, I mean, this is a team that, you know, got by Toronto, but not nearly as fast as anybody thought they were going to. Yep. And a team that just can't beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, it's And it's not like they can't beat a, a completely healthy Pittsburgh. They can't beat a broken and battered Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, Flurry, who it's still odd to say, is the backup. Yep. They're missing Latang. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, I don't know what they need to do. And, like, I was listening to um, to NHL Network, and uh, and they were talking about it, too. And they, they couldn't even, they, they, you, they couldn't oh, think of it. Like, what what is the problem? Because during the season, they are money. But when it comes to the postseason, they just all go away. And, I mean, it's it's tighter checking. There's not as much running gun, which... In the East, that is generally the style of play they, they have. But that should be uh, something that should affect all teams, and it shouldn't be affecting Washington more than it should be affecting Pittsburgh. more than. But maybe their team is more built on run and gun. And when it comes into the playoffs and people start shutting down more and it starts getting um, a, a lot closer checking, the run and gun doesn't happen, and that's all they know. They're a one-trick pony, so they have a hard time. Maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah, I don't and, know. But yeah, again, we go back to, you know, Veritas is a more defensive yeah. Coach who, you know, should be kind of preventing, he should know how to play against that or how to. But maybe they just can't cycle. It's, it's, it, it, it's bizarre. It's truly one of, you know, just, I feel bad for Hedgekin. Yeah, he'll never win that Stanley Cup until he gets traded to a team that can actually win. Now, here's just my, you have your tinfoil hat theories, I have mine. Oh, you you have one? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for this. So, Oh, he's getting the tinfoil. He's 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 literally getting the tinfoil. Like I'm not joking. He is pulling out tinfoil. That is not static. That is not feedback. That is the sound of someone actually put tinfoil on, but <laughs> just because I had it in such close proximity. <clears throat> but no. So we've got Ovechkin, who has already said last year after the NHL said they aren't going to the Olympics that that doesn't matter for him. He's going to the Olympics. You've got Ovechkin, who is now you know going to spend his let's like. Washington's going to lose. Let's just say that right now. They're 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 done. They're very few teams come back. Yeah. So he's going to now spend the next couple months being asked by reporters, and you know, you know, how come you can't win? What's going on? Why are you not good? Blah 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 blah. Ovechkin bolts to the KHL. That's not really that much of a tinfoil hat. I mean, I, that's I something that has been like circulate, circulating at least for the last couple of years, yeah. just because of the Olympics. For sure, but yeah. So if you've got a player who wants to play for his team that much, and a player who just can't win now, I do think Ovechkin has more class than that. I do think you know, very similar to a, a Taylor Hall, and the he he wants to win with his team. He wants to carry this team. Yep. But man, well, and that's the thing. It's like. When we're talking about fundamental changes with Washington, which we, you you really need to be looking at because there is something that is not wholly yeah. right, you start looking. Well, who do you get rid of? Like, because obviously it has something to do with with the offense. Because defensively, they're not getting blown out or anything like that. They're just not able to do what they need to do offensively in the playoffs. So, do you look at getting rid of somebody like like Backstrom? 
Ovechkin, Oshi, like we're but in, in, even that you know Oshi is you know fair like because this has been an issue with the Capitals for five years. So Ovechkin and Backstrom, because literally hmm. that is your top two offensive players. Yeah, but who like at the same time though like you get rid of those two for for, for what? Who are you bringing in? Oh, and that's the that thing you, is that you will not immediately get better. Like. It's not an. And again, like, I don't. Fit. I don't think those guys are the. Pro- I mean, they're your best players, but I don't think they are. They are not the problem. I mean, I don't have the statute on me, but Ovechkin has been putting up points this year. It's not the case of Ovechkin is disappearing in the playoffs. He's still putting up points at quite a good pace. So they I, have no depth. Hmm. Um, and they did like they brought in Eller hmm. um, to try and and get a little bit more depth. But maybe yeah. maybe that is it. Maybe in the regular season. You can be more of a one-line team and get by yeah. with great goaltending, and then in the the postseason, as we've seen, um, where your top guys are getting checked so hard that they really can't produce that much, you need your secondary guys to come up big. Yeah. So let's use that segue to finally talk about the Oilers. Well, why why would we don't want to talk about those bombs? <laughs> <clears throat> hey Calgary, if you want. We can let you borrow the uh, the videos for the last two games. Actually, you can probably, you know, somebody's probably recorded them. You can probably uh, catch the games because uh, you can see uh, how you can win in Anaheim. So, on that, how, and I tweeted this too, just how, like, I didn't watch fully Calgary games. Like, I mean, I, I, I did watch Calgary games. But I didn't, like, like. Yeah, you're not I didn't dissect it, yet. right? How bad do you have to be to lose to Anaheim four games straight when we won playing the shittiest game? Yeah. And, and that's just, and so as far as, you know, people worried about, you know, oh, you know, Edmonton played, like, the first game, Edmonton, like, it was a very even game. <clears throat> it was back and forth. That was the game I hoped that Edmonton could play against Anaheim. The second game, a little bit of white knuckling it for uh, me uh, for most of that one, uh, Talbot played fantastic, and as far as talking about Edmonton didn't deserve their win, Talbot is a member of the Oilers people. He is a member of the roster. Him playing good means the team played good. And on top of that, when you actually look at the shot metrics, um, when you look at the slot and the danger zones, the teams were actually even. Yeah. The I mean, Anaheim had a lot of perimeter shots. That is most of those shots were perimeter. And that's the thing. Even you look against San Jose, that's one thing Edmonton has done very good this year is they still, you know, people think how much time, you know, another team might spend in their zone, but you look at the types of shots that they're getting off and it is perimeter very aside from, you know, a few defensive collapses, you know, look at that power play in the last game when they, the Edmonton power play, when they coughed up the puck in their zone and, uh, yeah, had a perfect high scoring chance in the slot given up against them, but Talbot awesome. But most of the shots overall that, are in the Edmonton zone are perimeter shots. And Edmonton is very good with guys like Larson and Russell. I know you don't like to hear it, but uh, keeping guys to the perimeter. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't 100% agree on the Russell one just because I've seen him let people go right into the middle. Um, it's still an issue. Um, it, it's turning into, it's not just a, um, you know, a short span of time where it's like, oh, sample size. We've seen this over a year now. He lets the people in the middle. 
He blocks the shot. Yeah. And I don't... I mean, he still... He, he lets people... I think there's a difference between letting people into the middle and letting people into the zone. I definitely agree he lets people into the zone. I don't think he does cough up the middle as much as you seem to... Uh, well, on, on the Getzlav goal in the first game, he let him walk right in. He tried to block the shot, but Getzlav just waited it out just, yeah. a, just a little bit. Yeah, no, that, that's and, definitely... And had a, a wide open... Like, he, he, let, he let him into the middle. Um... I I mean yeah, it but shows. either way, it's I, the entire defense in general has done a very good job of keeping them to the outside. Just yes. as a team, again, we're looking at a defense a that does not have a true number one guy. Although you could, it's it, it, it's close. is kind okay. of emerging. Oh, he absolutely is, and maybe I shouldn't say a true number one. We don't have an elite defenseman, right? We don't have a top fifteen in the league defenseman. Clefbaum is getting close into that category. Point wise, he is. <clears throat> point point wise, yeah. But you know, minute wise, I'm he at, is. Hmm? I said minute wise, he is. I mean, honestly, like we do have a top. Yeah, and I do want to look at the numbers closer because, like, when I look at a top defenseman, I'm looking at a guy that creates the points, has the minutes, and plays against the, the toughest competition and stops. And Clefbaum is he's very high. He's in actually it. he is in there in all those cases. Yeah. The difference <laughs> is that he doesn't have the pedigree. Yeah. That's the difference, right? We're looking at this is his first time playing a full season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're kind I of trying see, to compare him to players who have done it. For sure. If I if I want to see him at least over another half season continue to do this, and I will happily put him in. But, like, I'm not trying to disclef bomb by any means here. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm being cautious with clef bomb. He's had a very good year. I don't think I'm ready to call him a... I think I can call... Okay, here's how I put it. I can put it as i can call him a top 15 defenseman this year i'm not ready to call him a top 15 defenseman okay that's fair yeah but overall you've got a team that's bought into a defensive system that they don't need to have a guy that necessarily is that top guy because all three pairings are doing a great job so we're now going to uh game three in edmonton what are you expecting to see different tonight <coughs> fans <laughs> Uh, that last five minutes of that game, just seeing how many seats just emptied in Anaheim. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to to be completely honest, it that is it. I mean, have um, I mean, McClellan <laughs> talked about it having that seventh uh, player. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think like it's been a long time since Anaheim has been in a building that's going to be as loud and as crazy as it's going to be today. Yeah. Oh, it it's going to be nuts because not only. Is this the second round now? And everything's amped up. You can see it in the city. Like, the first round, you could start to see flags, and you could start to hear people, and it was nice. This second round, since it started, this city has gone crazy. Yeah. Like, it's everywhere. Like, fucking everywhere. The airport having that massive sign up there as you land. Um, Like, just, like, it is everywhere. Like, the wind the other day, I, I could hear people honking and screaming down the street i don't live anywhere near roger's place like i mean i'm, I'm close enough but, yeah, but i'm not i'm not there right i'm removed from that and i like it was fucking everywhere um it's gonna be crazy it is going to be nuts now i'm going to go on a little bit more of a technical uh aspect of- <laughs> that is technical <laughs> yeah no no it, it is i mean we've seen you know edmonton comes out they hit more they skate better, and they—they overall they look like a better team at home. 
they're like, energized. For, yeah. It's it's it makes a difference. It, it does absolutely make a difference. With this, um, McClellan gets a second line change. So, I mean, we saw in that second game how cheeky McClellan was getting about trying to get uh, McDavid away from uh, Kessler. Yep. Where, you know, in the first four or five shifts in the game, uh, McDavid played on three different lines. (laughs) My favorite was when McDavid went off, and he didn't fully close the door yet. Kessler went off, and he jumped right back. Yeah, oh yeah. It was awesome. It's great. Now, quick, um, the broadcasters uh, for... Uh, Simpson and I don't know his name. Yeah, uh, or That is sure. Play-by-play guy. Whatever, yeah. The amount of times they talked about, you know, them changing lines like that and talking about gamesmanship. What good gamesmanship that is. That's not gamesmanship. That is, that is lines, that is strategy. That's, gamesmanship is, it's driven me crazy for the last two games. We keep talking about what good gamesmanship that is. Well, and gamesmanship apparently is also gets uh, slashing the fuck out of players, too. Yeah, well, that's a whole other... <laughs> but, and I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. I think we, there's, there's no way. We, we, we can't not talk about that. But I'm looking forward to seeing McClellan get McDavid away from Kessler more. Because in that last game, despite the overall issues that our team had with holding on to the puck and actually, you know, playing a possession game, McDavid looked like McDavid last game. Yep, he did. Um, now, going on that, so strategy uh, from the first game to the second game and I do believe it's strategy now seeing this so they were talking about potential injuries McDavid might have because he was uh, he was not as explosive he yeah. was he was kind of being um, he, he wasn't being himself yeah I think it was strategy so um, I, I was I'm reading uh, Gretzky's book still mm-hmm. um, it's been a while I've slowly been going through it um and he was Gretzky was talking about how in in the Calgary series they had a guy I can't remember his name but basically was a shadow literally a shadow on Gretzky um in the the first game Gretzky um was kind of he didn't really know what to do with it because he couldn't get anywhere and this is clutch and grab right I mean you literally he literally is on him so what Gretzky did is he then started shadowing one of the defensemen, mm-hmm. which now leads you to uh, basically a power play because yeah, you have two guys, follow, uh, uh, basically three guys all together at all times, leading the rest of the team to do whatever they wanted. Um, and they won the series because of this, straight up because of that. And uh, it, it almost seemed like McDavid in the first game was almost doing that. Where he was holding up Kessler and putting Kessler in positions so that it was four on four. And what happened? Dry saddle. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even planned. The hell wasn't. Um, so, and then in the second game, because of the way McDavid was playing, Anaheim had to change up how they were playing because of that, because yep. they realized what was happening, which completely opened him up. So he could then become McDavid again mm-hmm. and start skating around like he was and start creating different opportunities. So I do think it was 100% planned on him doing that. Um, now it will be interesting to see what, what Anaheim then comes out with this time. Yeah. Um, just because they did outplay Edmonton in a lot of aspects. So do they keep with that game plan and hope that it just they don't hit all those posts? Yep. Or do they come up with something different? Or McClellan, does he come up with something different? Like, what do they do? Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. For sure. 
So I loved what McDavid did. Always. That was awesome. I love what Gretzky did. That was oh, that's, that's genius. Oh, yeah. Like some guy shutting you down, so you just follow another guy. Shut down and another guy. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's great. Fantastic. I love that story. Uh, but no, it'll be. You see the Vegas stats. Yes, I didn't want to, and I wish that Bag Milk didn't post it for me to see. Um, oh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. I don't know. Mm-mm. Nope. I I uh, I like the fact that I'm still feeling that this is like just it's happening, and I don't. Yeah. I don't want to believe that something could happen, I guess, is what... Uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's been such a surreal experience. I mean, even now up to, I mean, I will say Edmonton needs to win tonight. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, it's... They can't let Anaheim get back into this. Yeah. I mean, you... Yeah. If it's because a, we... A 2-1 series is obviously, I mean, Captain Obvious here... A 2-1 series is very different than a 3 0 series. Yes. Um, and also, um, having watched the previous playoffs um, 11 years ago, we came back from a 2 nothing deficit yeah. to win a series in Game 6. Like, just like in Game 6. So... No, it, it can still happen. I mean, yeah. and again, just through the last game, you know, Edmonton... Despite some good performances by some players, Edmonton got lucky last game. Yes, they did. If they continue to play like that, and that's why I don't think Anaheim's going to change their strategy too much. Because if they keep that strategy and they keep... If it's another performance like that, Edmonton, you you can't win like that. No. Over a long can't. period of time. Um, and I will say, as good as, as Secker and Russell in uh, in theory are, they need to get that pairing away from Getzlaff because the Getzlaff line is absolutely destroying yeah. them. Yeah, no, I'll completely agree with that. Um, they're they're more physical, um, they're bigger, um, and and I don't know why. And I, this has kind of been my complaint on Russell this whole whole season. I don't know why he doesn't utilize his speed more because he's not a slow player. No, by any that's means. kind of one of his original calling cards. Was I mean. He's played a more defensive game this year in general. He hasn't, but he, you know, back in Calgary, he he was an offensive defenseman. Yeah, and it just, it seems like he's he's allowing um, the other team to, to enter the zone. Um, his gap is, is terrible. I mean, it really has been terrible because he's trying to block the shot. But then he's, it, it's, maybe he's injured. Maybe he has a, a like, I mean, he blocks so many shots. You got to think something's probably not exactly oh, yeah. right I'm with sure his legs. Um, because he's not getting to the puck as quickly as he used to. Mm. Um, and that's really not a good thing when you have a guy like Getzlav. Yeah. And especially because I know some people want to say that Russell is bringing Sakura down and, you know, Sakura's not playing good gamer now because of Russell. And to a point, some of that might be, you know, if you have a defenseman who can't get to the puck, now Sekker has to cover. That is a valid statement for that. However, that doesn't change the fact that Sekker himself has not had the best series. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, they're both struggling a little bit. And, and I would honestly, and I know how inexperienced these two guys are, but Nurse and Benning, as much as they've had some issues, I would consider them right now, the way they're playing compared to the way Sekker and Russell are playing, they're a better option. Benning's been worrying me actually the last... I've had a few 
Benning. And okay, he's been his reaction time has looked very slow these last few games. He seems to think he has way more time than he does when, you know, the puck is passed around the boards and he slowly skates to it. And he just sits there with the puck for two seconds and then suddenly somebody's on him. And he just seems surprised that it's happened. Kind of seen, I, I mean, there has been a few defensemen in our time that I've, I can remember doing the exact same thing. And I, Gilbert, yeah, he was huge for that. He would get to the puck. And, I mean, this is going back a little bit. <laughs> he would get to the puck and he would stop and he would just stand there with his with his back to the plate and I'd be sitting there going are you going to do something are you going to do something and then sure enough whack the other player gets in there and there's a big like scrum and everything and we lose that and then all of a sudden they have possession Mm -hmm. it's like what the hell what was that that's been betting yeah um now do you so so now we have two well three defensemen essentially right now that are kind of struggling because I still think Nurse is doing well Fine, like that. Especially he, when Clefbaum hmm. went down. Oh, he he played a great game. He, he stepped up, and he he was not a problem. So yeah. he had a bit of an unfortunate game of the last, just with a couple with uh, the bad high sticking penalty. And so, so basically, the way I'm seeing it is, so Sekera isn't having a great series so far, but he's not terrible. Russell is struggling, and Benning is struggling. Yeah. So those two players struggling are, in a roundabout way, making it so that Sekra and and Nurse are having a tough time. Because they're both, play, like, I mean, Sekra, I mean, he's, he's a, offensively, he's been better because he's been getting shots to the net. Yeah. Not into shins. Mm-hmm. Um, which by him last game. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, which is helping. I mean, he scored a goal. I mean, that's that's the most that's, positive that's, thing you can do in a game, thing. right? Um, and Nurse is just playing... Uh, just a really solid game. He's not he's not doing too much. He's jumping up in the play when he can. He's getting back. Um he's he's been good. But we have two defensemen right now that are struggling mm-hmm. and they need to get out of that funk. Yeah. Um I don't know if Russell can because I don't I have never really seen him out of this. Um I've only ever seen him in this. Um he's had games um where it's been less noticeable but that's just it. It's less noticeable. It's not so much that he was better. Um, so we have Griba, um, that that's sitting in the in the press box right mm-hmm. now. I don't see him as an upgrade over those guys, really. Oh, I mean, I do think I don't like. I I don't think they should put Griba in right now. But I do think that Griba would have a better time against Anaheim than he would against San Jose. Yeah, that's true. Um, however. I mean, he he's one that's easier to get into a. Um, I don't know how to put it. Um, he's an easier side to pressure if you're Anaheim. No, not so much that part of it, but he's going to uh, get some penalties, I guess, um, because of the way Anaheim plays. Yeah. Because he's not as disciplined. Um, he will have retaliatory penalties. He just will. He's he's that kind of, He's mm-hmm. a little bit more undisciplined. Um, not only that, but if you're complaining about how Benning takes a little bit too long. Yeah, driver no, takes even longer. Hmm. Yeah, so that that to me isn't a solution. Osterly maybe because he's a little bit faster. Um, but now again, a, you're, you're putting but now you're inexperienced further down now, the line. Hmm. Now we're pull, talking about Benning versus Osterly. I'm going to pull uh, a low tide out of my hat here and bring up Mark Fain. 
Mm. <laughs> I don't know. For two reasons. <laughs> two reasons I say no. One, he hasn't played in the NHL for like 50 games. Exactly. <laughs> and two, when you have that little um, confidence, um, because the coaching staff has that little confidence in you, it's a hard thing to get around. I mean, we saw it with Dubnik. Yeah. I mean, as soon as anyone in the organization says, basically, they don't believe in you, because that's a difference, right? Yeah. Not believing in somebody is different than saying that they've been playing poorly and they need to do a better job. You're because, saying you don't think they can do a better yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. And it takes a strong person to be able to, to turn that into a positive and try and be better. It does. It takes a lot. Uh, most people don't have the them. So yeah. let's move on from that. We're uh, almost wrapping up here. We need to talk about <laughs> one thing. And are, is it, is it you, the refs? Well, yeah, guess love. Yeah. So I am putting four minutes on the clock. We have. He literally did too. I'm looking at it. I he literally, literally put four minutes. Because. It's almost like, you know, I he doesn't think I, I edit this or something and I can't say more if I want to. So it's funny. I'm going to add like 20 minutes onto this podcast. <laughs> Why just is this a two-hour long podcast? <laughs> he edited so, me out completely. We're going to talk about penalties and roughing here. We have four minutes. Okay. I don't need four minutes. Um, Are you sure? Yes. So I wasted five seconds. I know. So get seconds. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I now get those back because nope. you, you kept talking. Nope. So get Yeah. That he's... So, there's a couple things. So, one, in the scrum where I believe Drysaddle got pulled out and got given a penalty. Yes, he did. Yeah. Drysaddle kind of gave a little bit of a whack. And I mean a little. Like, I mean, it was almost, you, you couldn't see it unless you really, really focused. That's how little it was. Getslav turns around <clears throat> and gives two big slashes around the ref. Yeah. So literally the ref is in between. Oh, I know. And it was two hard ones. You could tell like he hit them hard. (laughs) Nothing. But Drysaddle gets pulled out because of a little tap. Mm -hmm. And then you, uh, we heard the, the mic'd up players. This is where it got kind of interesting. So in that scrum, they actually showed that on TV in the mic'd up. The ref came up and called Getsev by his name, Ryan. And then he points to Drysaddle and says, number 29. So you're telling me, and I don't, I don't, I'm not going all like tinfoil. I don't need the tinfoil this time, okay? So the refs have a good relationship with Getzlav. You know what? Outside of this series, Getzlav is a good guy. You know, he he is he is genuinely a good person. He he's a good player. He's done lots for Team Canada and all that kind of stuff, okay? Now, when it comes to to this, the officials obviously are going to have a good relationship with him because he is a good player, a good player and a good person. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be easy. What do you do? I've, I've, I've canceled the because I actually want to talk to you too. <laughs> I'm not going to just wait. But no, and it's something that sorry that Jason Greger and uh, Carrie Fraser have brought up on their show that that does matter. It, that it refs is, having good relationships with yeah. players does play a factor. It's an it's a bias that's not necessarily conscious. It's it's something that, that is going to happen because you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. because you know them and you like them. 
when it comes to Dreisaitl and, and even McDavid and, and the newer players like that, the refs don't have that good of a relationship with them. So when they go into a scrum and Getzlav is slashing and cross-checking and punching and screaming at players, the refs are giving him the benefit of the doubt that he'll control himself and go back to playing hockey after that. Whereas a guy like Dreisaitl, who just slashed somebody and got a, a little bit of a, you know, uh, a fine for it. No, I yeah. say slash, not to have a spear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they don't know if he will control himself, so they see even a little bit of a, a of a motion with the stick, and they call twenty nine on a penalty. Mm-hmm. So they don't even know his name. They just saw his number, and that's it. Even Cassian, they called forty four. So when you start looking at this series, um, and you have guys like Getzlav, like Perry. Um, you have guys that, that these, these guys know Kessler, Cogliano, like these are all veteran guys that these refs have gotten to know. And these are guys that are historically, when it comes to hockey, cheap as fuck because they all are. I still don't know how, how refs can side with Perry because he bitches and complains more than anyone else. I would think as a ref, you'd get sick of that and just call him for as many penalties as you possibly can. But for some reason they don't. I don't know why, um, but that that to me is the biggest difference in this series right now. So as far as the officiating goes as a whole in this series, it's been better than the last series. Yeah. Significantly better. It has been more even. But when you see guys like, like Getzlav getting away with doing some of the things he's done. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, the one where Getzlav, you know, like McDavid is getting in and Getzlav blatantly hauls him down in front of the ref. Yes, and then somehow... On the other side of the uh, same, same sequence, uh, Cassian gets called for a holding penalty when he does less. Yeah. And uh, I, I, can't remember, I can't remember what the penalty was, but when I saw it, I, I thought it was very interesting. It was, it was an Anaheim penalty in the second game. And it, it was a holding call uh, in the Edmonton zone. And there's a rep standing right beside the play. And... I, I can't remember who it was, but you know, Ducks player is holds and brings down a, an Edmonton player, calls for inter, or called for interference, and there's a ref right beside the play who doesn't call. It's the ref at the Anaheim blue line who ended up calling it. Yep. So again, maybe a a small pick, but again, when you're seeing you know guys, the ref who's literally standing in front of the play and he's not the one who calls it. Yeah, and it's and it very well just it could go back to that aspect of it, right? So, <clears throat> it's um, thankfully not as uh, blatant as the last one. I mean, maybe the last one was because, I mean, look at the players that San Jose had, right? Um, you, you have Pavelski, you have Thornton, you have Marlowe, um, you have Vlasic, you have Burns. You, I mean, they have a team that has been around so long and and not only has been around um, the NHL, but, I mean, you talk about Olympics and things like that. Yeah. I mean, these guys have talked to these refs for so long and have created such a relationship <laughs> with them that, I mean, there very well could have been a lot of bias. I mean, obviously there was a lot of bias. I mean, there, you cannot make an argument saying that the calls were even. You can't because when you actually look at the footage – it's not even. Um, and it's not so much the calls that were called against the Oilers. It was the calls that weren't called against San Jose. That's the problem I'm having. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I and mean, then that's my exact is, I don't, if they're going to call Edmonton on, on these, then fine, but you need to call both teams, and right now there's still a bit of uncertainty as far as what will and won't merit a penalty. Yep, exactly, and as a player, I, I mean, I can only go by how I would feel, because I have no idea what they feel, yeah. but I would be like, what the fuck can I do? Mm-hmm. And and that's something I'd love for uh, you know for Gregor to bring up on his next time with Carrie uh, and uh, ask him is how do those conversations go like because you you have to think that they happen you know does McDavid if McDavid skates up to a, a ref and says you know hey on that last play I feel that uh, Getzlaff uh, you know pulled me down you know I, he he physically grabbed me and pulled you know why was that not a call or you know how is like are those conversations that happen and how do the refs treat that with players. Or, so, you know, when a, sorry, when a ref, when a player says to a ref, you know, hey, I think you missed a call there. You know, how, how are the refs trained to respond? And what is that kind of, what is that dialogue like? Well, I know they, they, they kind of talked about that <clears throat> the, the time I was uh, listening. And um, basically what, what Frazier was saying is that when he was, was a ref, he, he would have, he'd almost teach the guys as he reffed, and um, kind of showed them what was and was not a penalty and why. Um, and he would always have be open to have those conversations with players. What he was saying is that these new line of refs that are coming in, these younger refs that are coming in, don't do that. They don't have that open line of communication. It is very much a, I'm calling this game, you shut up and play. Like yeah. that, and that's that's the problem is that there is no line of communication to find out what is happening and why it's happening. So I mean, especially for the younger players that are having a harder time having these conversations, because I'm pretty sure a, a ref is going to have a conversation with Getzlaff. I mean, he is he's a well known player. He he's well liked throughout refs, and that I mean, the refs know each other and talk to each other. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's. Um, they probably all know about players like Getzlav and stuff, and, and the the easier players to talk to, so they're going to be more inclined to talk to those players. Whereas some of the new players that they don't know, they don't want to have a conversation with them. They don't. And Frazier has flat out said that they won't have a conversation. Yeah. And when you have that, that's a problem. It's a huge problem. Oh, yeah, because it, it's this idea that, you know, the reason refs are there is not, I mean, it's, it's to call penalties, but it, it's to control the game. I mean, yes. we talked uh, last week or whatever it was about, you know, with that 7 nothing game and, you know, giving the Oilers power plays in order to make sure they keep playing the game. Yes. Overall, you know, that is the job of the refs. So, I've got refs who are calling penalties but not educating the players on how they're calling something. That's not going to change, their, you know, more penalties are going to get called and more things are going to happen because, you know, you've got the players, well... What if I do this and put an elbow cape? You're going to call that. But if I put an elbow here, you're not going to. What? Yeah, it starts to get more chippy, and um, as we're seeing, like especially in this series, because Anaheim is a cheap fucking team. Like they are cheap. They are taking liberties. Yeah, and that's I guess that's the problem I'm having with this is that I expected this in the playoffs, right? To to, to teams be taking liberties with each other. Yeah. The problem is, is that Edmonton's getting called for these penalties, these cheap little ones, and Anaheim isn't. And it's not as blatant as the San Jose series. Yeah, and you know, Edmonton has gotten away with a few good ones in this series yep. as well. It's, it's has gone both ways. It's more even, but it's still 
I also think Edmonton is taking less celebrities. Yeah. Because of how they were called in the last series. I think they have... Uh, they've realized that they can't get away with it. Yeah. And even then, you know, I think I can back to gamesmanship. I'm kidding. It's strategy. It's not gamesmanship. But Anaheim takes a lot of penalties. They were the most, they are the most penalized team in the playoffs. They were the second most penalized team in the NHL this year. And I think Edmonton right now is very happy. And I'm sure part of it is when we get into these scrums and things after the whistle, you know, don't slash, don't push back too much. Because let, let them take the penalties and let our power play do the work. Because we saw in the first game that that was a very successful way for Edmonton to do that. You, you can take five penalties in a game if you want, but we're going to score on three of them. Yeah. Um, so one last thing. Yeah. Um, so Kajula, mm-hmm. we, we don't have a status. Yeah. So let's say he can't play. Um, I mean, he, he did go into the boards pretty hard. Um who knows? Yeah, we didn't. In fair, we did see him. Uh, at least they talked uh, at, during one of the uh, TV timeouts. He did come back onto the ice and uh, skate a little bit. So he's not so injured that that wasn't even a, a conversation. He was trying to test it out after that game. Yeah. So or during that um, game. And I mean, McClellan, like he would have done even if he had a major injury, said that he, you know he'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Willie. So okay, let's let's think the worst. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Who would you put in in his place? So now, just because I, I we we get the jumbled lines for right now, but right now our our, our bottom two pairings, we've got uh, Pouliot, Latestu, and Cassian. Yep. And Deharnay, Deharnay, Slepashev, and Kajula. Yep. Was that how they were? With Kajula playing the left side? Although or? I think they flipped um, Latestu and Deharnay. Okay, but yeah. So either way, you've got. I'd, I'd probably put in Pakarainen, actually. I think okay. Pakarainen might be my... Uh, for a couple reasons that I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> no. Um, the thing with Pakarainen, speed-wise, he can keep up with uh, the team. I've got no issues with his speed there. Second, he has a shoot-first mentality. And one thing that even in the last game, though Edmonton didn't have a lot of uh, offensive zone time, when they did, if they had a... Gibson did not look great. It's, he was really struggling with the puck, and he was coughing up a lot of rebounds. Yep. So I put Pakarainen in there of just shoot it at the net and let guys crash and score, or and, and, yeah, try to get bodies in front. So that's why I'd put Pakarainen in, uh, in there. Okay. Um, for myself, I would put Lander in. Um, the reason being is because uh, we got killed in the faceoffs, and while I know, um, I mean, it's statistically proven at least this year. Uh, that faceoffs don't necessarily lead to possession time um, and wins. Anaheim, um, when they hem you in the zone, and they have hemmed us in the zone yeah. at least last game. Oh yeah, th- them winning those faceoffs um, after constant icings, it started to to wear and tear on yeah. those guys. Right, um, to have another guy that can not only win faceoffs but is also good on the penalty kill, and we're talking about a fourth liner, right? I mm-hmm. mean, we're not talking about. Even with Pack Ryan and all that stuff, we're talking about guys that are going to play maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, speed, although it is a little bit of an issue with Lander, I think playing on the fourth line um, and on the penalty kill, it's not going to make that much of a difference. We're not putting him out there to, to put up a whole bunch of points. We're putting him out there to win some faceoffs and to okay. kill some penalties. Um, and since special teams, as we've seen, is such an important part of the playoffs, 
that that's what I would do. Um, just, um, just yeah, to have another center out there, and we know how much uh, McClellan likes to have his centers. Um, the only other option I would think would be Hendricks. Um, yeah, and I I don't see them putting out of any of the players. I I think Hendricks is one of the least likely to. Yeah, he's uh, he's unfortunately I think uh, he he he's 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 done. He's, yeah. So I mean, as good of a, a guy he is, um, and he's from what, everything I've heard, just the best guy to have in the dressing room. Did you see the little uh, montage they had before the game, and him going around and hitting the guys in the shins and and everything? No, you didn't see no, that. I oh, that, huh? it was it was great. He was going around and he like he got to McDavid and he was like the best player in the world, and, <laughs> and it was just yeah, he was he was going around and firing everyone up. And, <gasps> Um, he, he really is, oh. from from what I've heard, just fantastic in the dressing room. And I, when he is on the bench, he is that raw raw guy that tries to get the players up. Oh, now, no, he's been a great leader. I mean, he's sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to say the last thing we need right now, I think, is a guy to to get the players um, up they're, because we do have, motivated. have um, eighteen thousand people who uh, who are more than willing to uh, to do that for this team. So. Um, so that's why I say Lander. Just face-offs and penalty kind of like, Yeah. On. And sorry, I'm just looking. There is no uh, game day report yet for uh, practice, so no word on yet on. Yeah, we won't know until basically game time. Yeah. Uh, they'll probably have all those guys out in the mm-hmm. in the war. Now, here's a question. <clears throat> uh, I believe Jack Michaels broke this up as well. Here our, our last topic before we wrap things up. Uh, Talbot has now won his last five games against Gibson. Does Anaheim consider having Bernier come in for a game? I don't think so. Um, unless Gibson absolutely falls on his face in this game, I think they're going to just stick with their guy. Um, I mean, he has been their goalie all year. He's been their go-to guy. And when you actually look at his his stats and his save percentage over the last few months, he has been one of the best goaltenders in the league. Like, I mean, he's been that good. So I think he he sticks with them. Um, uh, as much as Gibson has kind of an unorthodox uh, playing style, he uh, he manages to stop pucks. So, and I, I really don't see him being the issue. Yeah. He's not the reason why Anaheim no, is losing. No, for sure that is. But just funny enough. Well, so yeah, Bernie has four wins, two losses. Well, that, that that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. We only played them like six times. Yeah, how does? I'm not quite sure. No, never mind. I don't know we'll, what I was... we'll go past this. Okay. So, thank anyways, you, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're gonna stick with Gibson. Yeah. Um, the only way Bernier is getting in is if Gibson is either injured or gets absolutely run out. Yeah. Um, which I I really hope. I hope, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I mean, the injury might happen. I mean, the, I think the injury is more likely to happen than him getting run out. Have to fall on him again. Yeah. So um, just keep doing that. Um, like I said uh, a couple of days ago, um, I'm pretty sure if we put uh, Getzlaff's jersey on one of our guys and runs into the goalie, no, no call. call. Yeah. No call. You'll be fine. They'll think it was Getzlaff, and we're good. It, we don't even have to wear an Anaheim jersey. I, I honestly, we could wear an Euler jersey with a Getzlav name and number, number, and they oh, that's Getzlav. Good to go. So, um, yeah, um, it's going to be good. Should it be will exciting. be good. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Hey, I 
I didn't even talk about Latestu's uh, no goal. So there you go. Or Cassian and Latestu's no goal. I know, so, but positive. that also shouldn't have been a goal. <laughs> but it should not have been a penalty. And actually, that we, we won't talk about it, but that is something, I, again, another question I would, is occasionally on these calls, you, you sometimes you get penalties, sometimes you don't. And I don't understand why sometimes they call the penalty on the goaltender interference, and sometimes they just call the goal back because of goaltender... Because it was definitely goaltender interference. Yeah. It, 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 it was. Yeah, it shouldn't have been a goal. I, yeah. And I'm full... I was fully on board with that. I was like, it shouldn't have been a goal. I get it. Yeah, but like, I'm not, I, I don't understand why they call penalties on them sometimes, and sometimes they just hold it back because of goaltender interference. Exactly. And actually, I watched the uh, the Washington game, where... I think it's Washington game, uh, where there was goaltender interference. Yeah. No goal. Yeah, no, it wasn't. The and they game. didn't call a penalty. So, I mean, it was like the next day. It's like, there it is. See, yeah. right there. It's been happening all fucking season. You don't call the penalty because you just took away a goal. For sure. And, you're, but, but, you're already and sometimes during the regular season, they, they, they have called it a penalty. I don't think they have. They, they have. I've, I've seen some where they... You have not. You're talking out no, of your I, ass. I, you're talking out of your I ass. Guarantee you no though, you're I guarantee about. you they were. <laughs> so, I don't understand why there's the disconnect. Because they have called it yeah. a penalty. Now, uh, the panel um, were saying that they were actually calling interference, not goaltender interference, but interference on Latestu against that defenseman, okay. which is even more bullshit because they were they were going they against were each, each other. other yeah. um, there was no inter- Latestu did not interfere inter- with. Well, the- in fairness, they interfered with each other. Therefore, yeah. how is but so if it was goaltender interference, yes, okay, I get that. No goal. If it was interference on that defenseman because the defenseman fell, I'm sorry, that's not interference. Yeah, that, that, was, that one, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. So, a little, I mean, and it, that's the only way that could have happened is if it was interference on the defenseman and they were going to call the play when Cassian touched the puck anyways, which means that there would be a penalty and no goal. But there was an interference on the defenseman, so that shouldn't have even been. Mm-hmm. And if it was interference on the goalie, then you should have only taken away the goal and not penalize yeah. so there so, there it is so all right that's all i have to say on that sounds good and uh so yeah just uh just remember actually you know what before we go into that remember to go on onto our twitter yeah. you know um you like, know, us, like us retweet do all that kind of fun stuff go on to uh itunes and give us a nice uh just say good things about us yeah. or bad things, whatever. Just say, say, say stuff. Say things. We, we just want things. We want to make sure, we, we just want to know that you're actually listening to us. Um, so, um, so that would be nice. Um, you know, there's Instagram, there's, uh, there's Facebook, there's lots of ways to get in touch with us. Um, so, so like us, comment, uh, whatever, like Sean said, if there's certain people, um, in the Edmonton area that yeah. you would like to be on here. Uh, let us know. Um, the biggest way I think we can get some of these people is to uh, let them know that people want, want to hear yeah. from us. Uh, hear them with us and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so definitely help us out with that if you can. We'd, we'd much appreciate it. We're not going to say things like, um, we'll give you stuff to do that because we're not no, that. We no, don't have no. money. But <laughs> if we get really good, we could. No, no, we're, I'm not. I'm not going down that road at all. Integrity yeah. is something apparently I have. Wow. So I know I just learned that right now. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Uh, with that, uh, just remember. Craig's on it. <laughs>